Welcome to the Fantasy Aceball Podcast. This is your host, Tim Kanak. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Aceball, and you can also find my written stuff over on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. Also on the pod today, we have our co-host, Raymond Atherton, who can be found at Raymond Atherton on the Twitter and we got Gabe. Who Gabe? Are you still off the grid? Do you still have no Twitter handle and all that good stuff? I've got a are MySpace. You, like a or something? you can find me on MySpace. Plenty of fish. Baby. Oh, an old plenty of fish. Oh, <laughs> yeah, grinder. <laughs> yeah, look me up there, please. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> so Gabe, check out my LinkedIn profile. Yeah, LinkedIn, man. (laughs) (laughs) Add off the grid on Twitter. And today we're going to be talking about the winter meetings. What a bundle of fun it was. Uh, And first, I wanted to start off with the draft lotto. Like Raymond and I last podcast were talking about all the cool things that they could have done with the draft lotto. And they left it pretty vanilla. What do you you think about the, the lotto, Raymond? How did you enjoy that experience? Well, I just followed it on Twitter because it was on MLB Network, which I do not have. But I thought it was cool. Uh, I mean, I think hiding. Uh, the Tigers moved up a few spots, so that's cool. Twins fans got to be ecstatic. Oh, yeah. They they rocked it. Like, they should have – I even think I put on Twitter, they should have been buying lotto tickets that day. Gabe, did you actually watch it? On Twitter – it was actually better on Twitter than it was watching it. That's, no, that's how I, vanilla it was. Yeah, I just had you know the live the live updates. It wasn't. It didn't last ten minutes. It seemed like it, it seemed like it was really quick. It, it was. I, you guys didn't really miss much. Yeah, I was excited about it. Uh, you know, because the Cubs had a, a possibility of going to the top uh, six picks, and they actually ended up falling a pick. Uh, which you know, whatever, doesn't really matter. The Cubs usually take the 30th overall ranked prospect anyway when they have like the seventh pick they always are drafting down uh the i wonder how the a's i know there's not really much uh many a's fans out there but i'd probably think less of it if i was an a's fan they yeah from second <laughs> fifth, i think yeah the second overall pick Wait. in the draft not even the fifth that's a huge drop <laughs> yeah I, I i mean really they kind of deserve it for oh totally Totally for <laughs> it's like it's like yeah exactly so i actually watched it uh because i have the mlb plan for the cardinals since i live in florida it's how i watch my games i don't get the local channels or whatever and it was really quite like it, it was fast paced which was the good thing but the way that they had the presentation is that they just had like random scouts from each team or like assistant gms and it was just like all white dudes in suits. So it was very, and it looks like we lost Raymond, who was having some internet troubles. But uh, it was just like all white dudes in suits. And they were just flip, like basically they had, uh, what's his name? Raul Ibanez. You remember Raul Ibanez? Yeah, of course. Seattle Mariners. I think he was the bench coach for the Royals last, maybe? He played for yes. The- yeah, yeah. So he was there, and basically all they do is flip little pieces of cardboard around. Like, there's like a little MLB sign on one side, and then the other was the pick. And it was just kind of lame because it's like they could have done it up a lot more. <laughs> they could have had like so celebrities. I will say or that I, yeah, 
I, I give them credit because, dude, ML, you know, baseball in general, MLB is starving for marketing. Uh, they, they do a horrible job of marketing the, the league. I feel like they do a horrible job of marketing their players. You know, they basically uh, they discourage any sort of fun on the field. You know, they're, they're losing the younger audience. I think this was a good uh, attempt, a good, you know, some good effort at trying to, you know, create a brand, trying to – and they did it during the winter meetings, which is great because the spotlight's already on baseball. I, I think – I like what they're trying to do. Uh, I don't really know that it is going to amount to much yet. Um, you know, moving up or down one or two draft picks isn't really, uh, you know, moving mountains. But I, I like what they're trying to do. Yeah, it's a good idea, even for competitive balance. Like, I love the idea, but the execution by the MLB is, I mean, like, I'm not a marketing whiz, right? Like, I've got a company, but I'm not a marketing whiz. <laughs> yeah, they do. I mean, if I'm running this, I'm putting it, like, Thursday night like thirsty Thursday night or something, right? When people are like about to enter the weekend and people are chilling, you put it at a good hour, not on like a Tuesday, right? You know, like who's watching anything on Tuesday? Put it on, put it on, put it on like a Thursday, put it on the bar TVs, make it a big deal, have a bunch of celebrities or like Hall of Fame players there. Yeah. Right? Like have Albert Pujols come out with the Cardinals and flip the card instead of just some yep. random scout. And then, have you, yep. you know, for the, cub- for the Cubbies, have uh, Harry Carey's skeleton. Ryan Sandberg. Come <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you need to do something, you know, like do something, like liven yeah. it up a bit, you know. I think um, it's a good idea. There's definitely some, some work to do. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get to the players. So, Arson Judge. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that guy? Is it Rookie? <laughs> like John Dowd. Yeah, Arson Judge. What can you say? What can you say? Good old John Heyman, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Aaron Judge, going back to the Yanks, nine years, three hundred sixty mil. Uh, did I can't remember? Did we both call him going back to the Yanks? I think we did. Yeah, yeah. I think the Giant. We both knew the Giants were going to be the biggest competitor, um, and they were obviously, but. I, I heard he what did he pass up four hundred million from San Francisco or San Diego? Is yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So was San Francisco the main competitor? I mean, everyone thought he was about to go to San Francisco and then he went to the Yankees. Yeah. But then when it comes out after the the Padres offered him another forty million, four hundred million. Like that's, that's just ludicrous, man. I, yeah. I I like it. You know, I think that they I think the Yankees did a good thing. I think they're probably going to put a C on his chest. You know, he's going to be. You know, he's the guy that. Uh, you know, he. he Roger Maris is the guy that broke Babe Ruth's record, and he's the guy that broke Roger Maris's record. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's poetic. Uh, I don't know that it'll be a very good contract for the Yankees. You know, I mean, he doesn't have a, the greatest injury history. Uh, I don't know that it'll be. You know, I don't think it's going to go down as one of those you know all-time steals. It's probably going to really punish the Yankees on the back end. But I don't know what choice they had. I mean, he's the face of the team, the face of the most profitable franchise in all of baseball. They had no choice. Honestly, even if he's bad at the end of the contract, his jersey sales alone will pay for that yeah. contract, right? I mean, like, even yeah, if he's that's... bad the last couple of years, it's like, who cares? He's still going to be on the team. People are going to be like, oh, man, we got to go see Aaron Judge before he retires, just like Pools his last year, right? Like, even before yeah. Pools started actually tearing it up, people still wanted to go see Pools, even when he was sucking at the beginning of the year. 
So yeah. you're going to have that. Like you're still going to get got, you're still going to get fans in the stands. Whereas if he, they didn't get him, imagine how many ticket sales, like, yeah, exactly. Like it's something that they just had to do. They got it done. They did it. Now from a fanny fantasy Hopefully he's perspective good for three years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so from fantasy, I don't know how far you've thought about your draft, your drafts already for fantasy baseball. Cause I know we're in the middle of fantasy football season, but where are you picking? Like, where do you see yourself picking Aaron judge uh, in a uh, redraft league? That's, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of factors go into it, you know, keepers, uh, you know, our dynasty league, shoot, if, if you'd be, you'd be absolutely lucky. You'd even be so blessed to have Aaron judge in the first round, probably in our dynasty league, uh, just because there's so many keepers, but uh, in a regular redraft league, I would, uh, man, I don't know, back of the first round, beginning of the second round, I don't think that he's a consensus top, top, you know, probably not even a consensus top 10 pick for me, Tim. I'd, I'd say by wow. around 12, 13 is probably where I'd have him. I'm, I don't, I like the sure thing. I, I really try when I'm, dra- like, I don't do, you know, there's some guys do the high risk, high reward draft strategy. And I, I like a, a good safe floor. You know, I like Jose Ramirez. I like, you know, Trey Turner recently, uh, you know, guys that, you know, kind of what you're going to get, uh, Aaron judge. Yeah. He may hit, you know, 60, 70 home runs for you, or he could play 60 or 70 games. Yeah, that's true. He's has been a more healthy recently the last couple of years, which is positive. And the fact that they've brought in Harrison Bader means that judge is going to be playing corner outfield instead of center field, which could help yeah. him. Uh, yeah. stay healthy. He's a DH some too, as long as Stanton's not taking it. Yeah, true. I mean, to me, worst case scenario, Aaron Judge is still a 40 home run guy, right? Like you're going to so get 40 home him? as long as he's healthy. Where do you value him? He's healthy. I've just put him in my outfield rankings and I think I'm gonna, I might have him number one, man. I like I'm, wow. right now I'm between, I'm between Trey Turner, Jose Ramirez and Aaron Judge is my number one. Wow. He's my number wow, one. Wow. He's my you're number one on. outfielder. Yeah, he's, that's he's my fair. I mean, he's the, he's the MVP, you know, and and if he if he even close to come, you know, comes close to recreating this year, uh, then he's a no brainer. I just, I don't know. I get nervous with the injuries. You got him. You got yeah. Bryce Harper, huh? Oh, <laughs> I've got a lot of guys over Bryce Harper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, next next on our list, Trey Turner to the Phillies, eleven years, the Phillies. I don't know if you heard this before today, before the Xander contract, which we'll get into in a minute. But before that contract, there have only been two contracts in the history of the MLB that were over 10 years. Can you name them? Stanton and Bryce Harper. Well, Bryce Harper. No, over sure. 10 years. Over Stanton. 10 years. Bryce, Bryce Harper for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, give me a second. Fernando Tatis? No, 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 no. I mean, there's only two ever before today. It was Turner and Harper, yeah. both with the Phillies. Okay. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. Turner's one of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Turner's one of them. So the Phillies are the only two, the only team until today when the Padres did it uh, to give out a contract longer than 10 years. Wow. So how do you feel about this contract for Turner and the Phils? Well, I was, you know, I, I I tell you what, Tim, I like it a whole lot more after seeing the Xander Bogarts contract. (laughs) I mean, it looks like they stole Trey Turner at this point. Uh, in, in, I mean, I would, for $20 million, you get Trey Turner over Xander Bogarts. 
absolutely every day i'm all about that at, at first i was like you know kind of nervous about it it's a huge contract uh inflation's 25 yeah. right now tim i don't i think that you know every <laughs> the regular american is seeing every you know everything is expensive right now so i guess you know i none of us really saw these contract sizes coming but if you look at the data i guess it you know it probably checks out we should probably see across the board you know guys it makes yeah, it makes sense. A, a contract that this long, like, like, right, Verlander for $43 million or whatever, which we'll talk about, that's, hey, $43 million today is a lot of money. But Trey Turner just signed <laughs> $300 million. Trey, Trey Turner just signed $300 million for 11 years, which I think is $27.5 million a year. Yeah. $27.5 million a year and 11 years might be, like, dog crap. You know, that, that might be what you pay, like, a yeah. bench player in, yeah. in 11 years. Dude, the way that, I love it. The way man. that inflation is going. So I, I love it. I think the Phillips got a good deal. You know, again, it's an 11 year contract. So you're hoping for production for the first five or six at the most. The back end of this contract's not going to be pretty. They never are. But you're not paying for the back end of the contract. And I think the Phillips, part of the $27 million, you know, that's a pretty low. Honestly, I think that was lower. You know, average annual uh, value for, for one of these, you know, shortstops. I don't, I think that most guys probably had them close to $35 million a year. So what the Phillies did is they're, you know, they're, they're helping themselves out with the luxury tax and, you know, their annual salary, I, I think is where you get the years from. And, it, but yeah, well, you know, that, that I think it's smart. It's genius that they've made it, you know, almost 7 million a year lower than most guys are projecting. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm, I'm thinking is like, okay, if probably if, if he, he was getting a seven year contract, you're probably going to have to pay him like 37 and a half million dollars. So. So let's pretend you're a GM right now, right, Gabe? Would you rather have Trey Turner for seven years, two hundred sixty-five million, or eleven years for three hundred million? Yeah, it's four yeah. four extra years are only costing you thirty-five million, and that's yeah. ten years in the future. When, like you said, inflation rate is it, the inflation rate li- literally is like eight point five percent. I know you're joking; it's twenty-five percent, yeah. but eight point five percent. I mean, like, yeah. on average, it's at least 2%. So if you take the balance, like, okay, we assume 4% a year, like, just do the math on that. I feel like this some of these great GMs, paradigm. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just – I think some of these GMs don't think about macroeconomics when they're making the deals. I think that, like, the Phillies making these long-term deals like that, they're thinking from, like, a macroeconomic perspective that, hey, the dollar in 10 years is going to be nowhere near what it is now. So – you yeah, know, screw it. Let's do it. Like I'm yeah, all the luxury tax out. will keep like... moving up too. The luxury tax will keep moving in. The Phillies are all in right now. I mean, they are in win now mode. And uh, you know what we saw? We, we may end up seeing, you know, what was it? Oh eight. The Phillies won last with Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins and and Chase Utley, and they, you know, then and then they sucked for five years or six years, and we may see that again at the back end of this contract. I think that's kind of you know, you know it's kind of cyclical almost, but they're in it right now, and they're going to be one of the teams to beat in the national league for the next five years. Yeah. I think he's going to have to stay healthy. You know what I mean? Like well, he's a speed I, guy. Not, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, he's just gonna have to keep the legs. Even if he's, yep. even if his bat diminishes, if he's at the end of that contract and he can just still steal bases and, and run a little bit like that'll be worth it. Yep. So uh, next contract today, Xander Bogarts, 280 million for 11 years from the Padres. I don't think anyone saw anything like that for Xander at the start of his free agency. And probably Nolan Arenado is pissed right now because he didn't opt out and he's 
Yeah. He has like five years, like 130 million. Like if Arenado was in the market, you'd probably got a 10 year or 11 year deal too for 300 million. So yeah. uh, the Cardinals are like the luckiest team ever in that regard. That they they always like, are, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> hey, them them convincing Arenado to not opt out is like the move of the of the off season in That's my fair. mind. Uh, but yeah, Xander to the Padres. How about this line? Like, what do you see going on for this lineup? this year man it it i don't i love the lineup i love the padres i love aj preller you know props for spending you know they're spending like like i think you said it earlier like the cubs and cardinals should be uh i don't i don't love the signing in fact i really dislike the signing i think that you know i mean xander's hit 30 home runs once in his career uh he's 30 years old you know he's not going to stick at shortstop he's a third base I, I, they're probably on and they're probably expecting machado to opt out next year it's probably part of his mentality. Uh, I, I don't love it, man. I don't love it. I, I think the Red Sox had Xander at like 160 million. I think that was their top offer. The Red Sox know him better than anybody. Uh, and and I think that, you know, the Padres were just so far above. I think they were kind of desperate. It's a max of desperation to me. They lost out on, on Aaron Judge, and they're – within 24 hours, they're throwing almost $300 million at Xander Bogarts. Man. <laughs> and remember, they lost out on Trey even before because they offered yeah. Trey Turner three hundred forty million for eleven years, and he didn't do that. So they offered Judge forty million more. He said no. They offered Turner forty million dollars more. He said no. So who knows? Maybe the best offer Xander had before, besides the Padres, was two forty, and then they did another forty million on top above the ne- above the next guy. Maybe the Red Sox went to ten years two forty or something. You know, like yeah, who knows. Yeah, so, I don't. I don't like it. I love. I love that he's trying. I, obviously, that lineup is insane. Uh, I mean, they got shoot. They have you know three of their best players shortstops. <laughs> I guess you yeah. play Tatis in the outfield now, uh, and Machado at third base. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's you know Preller was Preller threw a ton of money. Pretty sure it was Preller at Hosmer, and I I think that Eric Hosmer is a great comparison for Xander Bogarts. Uh, and except for that Hosmer was younger, I think, when he signed with the Padres. And that is a ugly contract. And I don't I don't know why we would expect much different from this Bogarts deal. Yeah, I mean Bogarts has definitely had a better career than Hosmer did before that. Let me ask you a question. If you're drafting today, who are you picking knowing Xander Bogarts is on the Padres? Are you picking Francisco Lindor or Xander Bogarts? Man, I hate to pick Lindor because of that, you know, what was it, 2021, he had such a horrible season. I think it was a great bounce back season. I think he was a top 30 guy. I had both those players in different leagues, and I think that Lindor was ranked in the top 40 for most of the year, and XB was cracking like 100 most of the year. You know, he was like on the border between, you know, ranked right around 100 as far as, you know, the overall league goes. Uh, I got to go with Lindor on this. Okay, let me do. Let me do another one. You're picking uh, Marcus Simeon or or, or Xander Bogarts. Oh, man, I am not a Simeon fan. I know he kind of rebounded last year. I think that the I don't I don't I'm not a believer. I'm just not a believer. I know he had an awesome second half. He had an atrocious first half. With Xander Bogarts, you know what you're getting. I mean, the guy for what you know what he lacks in power and you know run producing potential he makes up for in consistency the guy is a 290 you know straight down the middle one of the purest hitters in the game yeah, i also and- think that you can probably get him later in the draft and 
Simeon, maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like Bogarts is still a third round guy for me, somewhere right in there, third or fourth. You just know how many counting stats he's going to rack up in the middle of that lineup with, with Soto and Machado. <laughs> yeah, between Soto and Machado, and then eventually there's going to be Tatis sitting in front of him too. Like yeah. he's just going to get so many RBI, it's going to be insane. Like just run, even you know he's going to yeah, hit. Even, yeah, even if he only hits 25 homers and gets 20, 25 homers and gets five steals or whatever, like he's going to he's going to rack up so many runs in RBI. Yep. I think it's a pitcher. So pitcher. He's going to a pitcher's park. So why would he? I, you know, I, I'm calling like 15, maybe 20 homers for him. But I think he's going to get a lot of extra base hits and a, a ton of RBI potential. Yeah. So I mean, Xander, he's in good company there. Uh, you seen any of these crazy Tatis trade rumors? Mm, not. You know, I've heard some talk about it. Uh, I his value is an all time low right now. You know, I don't. I have a really hard time seeing seeing the Padres moving on for him. I think they'd be be foolish to do that. Uh, I, I I could see it next off season maybe if he comes up and you know he he score, you know he goes thirty thirty again this season. I could see it. I could I could totally see him trading because you know he's kind of there's some bad blood there and basically it seems like the clubhouse turned on him after the PED thing. So I yeah, could see him moving on from him, but not right now. I, I have a hard time seeing that. I agree. I mean, I think that they would, even if they moved him, they would still get a lot, like a Juan Soto call. You're right. Right. You're right. You're so right. they, they basically, they would just restock their, their farm if they dealt it, or they could, or they could probably get two or three solid position players. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've heard a rumor. He hasn't that played the, in two years. Hate, he hasn't played in two yeah, years. Well, he hasn't, but, but the clubhouse apparently hates him. Like not even like, yeah. not even they're like, Oh, that's just, apparently they like literally like hate him. Like, they think, oh, we didn't win because this dumbass took steroids or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, literally, I've never seen like, a clubhouse turn on a guy. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen a clubhouse turn on a guy like they did when he when the PED came out. I mean, maybe he can win them back. And apparently, he's like best friends with Juan Soto, so that should help. Uh, he's got to prove it'll it. It'll be curious. To, yeah, yeah, it'll be curious uh, to watch that clubhouse this year if he's not if he's still there. To He's see how he and, he and Manny act together. and Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Machado was one of the All biggest right. uh, vocal like uh, uh, crit- critics, I think. Yeah, he After was. I mean, it, it, yeah. It, 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 was, it was even before before all this even. Before the PEDs, he was – Motorcycle kind of riding him. Yeah. yeah. Um, next on the list here, we got JV to the Mets, two years, 87 mil. What do you think of this deal? No brainer, dude. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's a great pivot off of Degrom. In fact, I like this contract way more than what the Rangers gave for Degrom. Uh, I think JV's ageless, dude. I mean, he's he showed zero signs of slowing down outside of the injury last season. Uh, I love it, man. I think he's gonna he's he's Max Scherzer. You know, he's gonna uh, those two guys were together in Detroit. They're together again. I, I think it's a it's an awesome move by by the Mets, man. I'm what with you, you on that. This this is a contract that any team in baseball should have been willing to give out. Not just the richest yep. guy. Any team yep. can afford to pay Verlander forty three million a year, coming off of a Cy Young year, and it's only a two year contract. The risk yep. is so, is is nothing. If he yeah. if he gets hurt or he's bad, it's like oh we just we got uh, okay we got Verlander on the books for one crappy year okay and then it's over. It's like oh only one year okay fine like how how many bad contracts just last forever right? Like, look at the yeah. Cubbies with Hayward, how that that hurt the team. Look at uh, 
look at the angel with pools' contract. Like they, they're some of these contracts are just so long and they're bad and they drag out. It's Anthony like, Rendon, Josh Hamilton, you name it on the Angels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so I teased it a little bit on Twitter. I wanted to talk because I, now that Verlander signed, I have my first tier of starting pitchers down. My tier one for starting pitchers is eight pitchers deep. Can you try to name them in order? I want to. I want to give you a yeah. shot. One guy I on have Twitter to... was six for eight. All right. Well, I I have to think that Corbin Burns is he's my number one. Where's he at for you? Number one. You got that. Yeah. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. Corbin All right. Burns, number dude. two. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, man, it just depends on what you're thinking here. I you know you could. So Scherzer, Degrom, and Verlander are all on there. Have to be, right? You're correct. Let me see. It's all about injury risk. I'd probably put sure. I would put Scherzer or Verlander up next. I think. Name um, one. You're 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 hot. You're on the right track. Give me Justin Verlander, dude. He was the best pitcher in baseball last season. Oh, I got, I got, that's good. I, I, I'm glad you have him there. I got Scherzer too, though. I got Scherzer okay. number two. Okay. I'll put it, I'll put Scherzer number three. I got, I actually have Garrett Cole as my third. And I that's have good. Verlander a couple, a couple spots down. So my top three is Burns, okay. Scherzer, Cole. And Cole, a lot of oh, it so is you, just where do you have games. Verlander at? Like six? Five. So my okay, top so five is Corbin Burns. Him. Yeah, oh, not really, not really regression. It's just more. Uh, well, actually, there is going to be regression. He's definitely not going <laughs> to pitch a one ERA. Like, yeah. if you look at Verlander's year last year, he had like a one eight something ERA, but his Sierra was like three one. So I think he's yeah. in, I think he's more like a two five ERA guy, right? And um, I, I Garrett Cole's going to pitch more innings. Garrett Cole's going to get more strikeouts, but he's going to give up more runs. But I think Cole is just more there's more bank in his innings because Cole pitches 200 innings every year. You know what I mean? Like Cole's yeah, turning Cole's good, dude. Right. every year. I mean, he, he gives You're up right. runs because he pitches in Yankee stadium and he gives up a lot of home runs. But besides that, like, you know, so I got Burns, Scherzer, Cole, DeGrom, then Verlander is my top five. And I still have three okay. more pitchers in this top tier. If you can guess six, try to guess six through eight. <laughs> I don't know any more pitchers. Let me see. Uh, <laughs> man, it's crazy. One of them, one, one of them, you, one of them is, one of them is on my dynasty team, and you think he sucks, even though he's freaking awesome. uh, Bieber fever, man. I should have known. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, he's he's my number six starting pitcher. <laughs> oh, I, he's go, he's long gone, bro. He's long gone off my team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is he uh, off? Good for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a magic, bag I, I of magic beans back for him, huh? I, yeah, I ditched him a while ago. Uh, number set, number six is Bieber. Number seven, I think he was on your team and you traded him. Okay, give me, uh, give me a second. And not to me, and not to me. I think you trade. I think you had him and traded him though. Really? NL East, NL East. Crappy team. You want me to give it to you? My dreams, dude. Sandy and Alcantara. Gosh, who's yeah, that coming? You... Not me, dude. Probably my biggest, <laughs> my biggest whiff in fantasy baseball ever, and I've had a lot of them. What did you trade him for? <laughs> Do you remember? Uh, let's not talk about that. I, I of course, I remember. <laughs> 
We're that bad, huh? Worse than the McClanahan trade. Kolenic. It was Kolenic. Uh, oh, I, I, no. I, I went all in for Kolenic. I think I got a second round draft pick too. I got a second round draft pick. I got Kolenic. <laughs> I gave up. Yeah, it was to Cheston. Man, I lost my butt on that one. Yeah, that was ugly. Luckily, I was able to, <laughs> to share the Kolenic love with. That entire those two second rounds yeah, uh, for Sandy right now. Yeah, that was a nice pawn off. I took that clinic. Well, I, I, I was on the same thing Mano- as you. Hopefully, so Manoa is your number eight. eight. <laughs> no, is, oh. another NLE's pitcher. Another NLE's pitcher. Okay, different team though. Uh, Zach Wheeler. No, Not Zach same Wheeler. team though. Same team. Uh, it's not Ranger Suarez, dude. Who else is a good pitcher for the Phillies? <laughs> dude, I'm blanking. You're going to have to edit this part out. It's Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola. Ah, uh, really? Wow. No, I, I'm surprised you no, have it that high. Nola had known. a very underrated season last year. Like, very wow. underrated. And that's with a crappy defense behind him, too. Like, if you look at Nola's wow. under, the, uh, under the hood stuff, like, all phenomenal. I can't believe you've got Nola above uh your boy Manoa there's some there's some uh there's a little bit of some, uh a reg- little bit of regret there <laughs> you, or do you no I, I I have him ahead of Shane McClanahan even and you know how much both of us love wow. Shane McClanahan yeah really? yeah McDreamy there dude McDreamy wow I yeah a lot of that ranking, dude that's a high you're gonna be the high man on Nola I might be a lot of that has to do though with uh track record like talking about durability McClanahan has one full year. You know what I mean? Nola has been yeah. doing it for some time. So, yeah, a lot I mean, of that. Yeah, he almost had a five ERA in 2021. But I know that you're all about the advanced metrics, which is uh, – I'm, I'm 1996, you know, as far as that goes. <laughs> <laughs> you're on, you're on my, Microsoft uh, 95 or whatever. Yeah. What, what was that Wins called? Wins is the most 95? important thing. Yeah. Wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wins and loss record. That's all that matters. Yeah. All right, next thing, on our list, <laughs> next, next thing on our list, we got Wilson Contreras going to the Cardinals. Uh, five years, yeah. 87.5 mil. You're a Cubs fan. Mm. I'm a Cardinals fan. Let me hear your thoughts on this Cubs fan, a Cardinals fan. I I am so sad about this, man. I mean, I, I'm so sad. The Cardinals got a steal. He's he's not quite the bat that Xander Bogarts is, but he's not far behind, and and for a, almost a third of the cost. I mean, the Cardinals do this crap, you know, regularly. Uh, I I I love this signing for the Cardinals. I'm I'm sad. I you know he's not a defensive catcher. We're probably gonna have an automatic balls and strike zone here, you know, next week anyway. So pitch framing's gonna be out the window. He's got a cannon of an arm. You know, you've really got to be ballsy to run on Wilson Contreras, and I, he is gonna he is gonna haunt the dreams of Cub fans. I mean, he is going to he's going to light it up for St. Louis. Uh, you guys have yeah. a clubhouse leader. You guys have an excellent signing. He's excited to be here for Yadier Molina's legacy. It's it's a it's a steal, Tim. I, you know, I agree, and you know how much I was on that Sean Murphy 
bandwagon. I was all on that Sean Murphy wagon. It's expensive bandwagon, then, apparently. Well, yeah, yeah. I, well, that's well, that's the thing is now that we found out what they were asking for. Because at first I was like, oh come on, like we need a defensive catcher. This is Yachty we're replacing here. The pitching staff isn't that great. We need someone who can who can steal some pitches for for old man Wainwright. You know what I mean? It's just like we got to get that twelve six. We got to get that twelve six in the strike zone. That's way down there. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so so that's my thoughts on it. And I'm like, man, we need Murphy. But then when it comes out, and like I, we were texting about it earlier, when they when they requested because apparently the A's wanted Lars Newbar, who I'm insanely high on, Brandon Donovan, who is a Gold Glove winner. As the first ever utility gold glove, uh, he won that. And they wanted uh, the top pitching prospect for the Cardinals, Gordon Graceffo. That's a lot, yeah, man. A like, Newbar new new is legit. Year old catcher. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, Murphy, Murphy's awesome. Like, if it's Murphy for Newbar straight up, even then, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Because Newbar is legit. People, people don't know it yet. But uh, fantasy, if, if I mean, like you know now, Gabe, but like Newbar should be drafted pretty, pretty high this se- season. Yeah. Like if you look Luke at his Lars. second half, just yeah, just look up his, just go on Fangraphs, type in Lars Newbar, and then change it for the second half only. Pick the All Star break and after. Just the numbers are ridiculous. Uh, once yeah. he started starting, once they traded Bader and he was the everyday outfielder and was getting reps, like he showed that he's the real deal. So um, after hearing that, I love this signing. Before that, I was on Twitter like, oh, come on, Cardinals, of course, you know, like doing the cheat thing, not paying the prospects, blah, blah, blah. But then once I saw that, and then the value of the Contreras deal is great. Like, can't go wrong. It's great. 17 and a half million yeah. a year. That's less than the qualifying offer, right? So <laughs> Yeah. It's a great. Uh, so hopefully next- the Cubs can turn something with that compensate, you know, that, that comp pick. Because otherwise, well, it's, uh, well, it's going to be really ugly. I mean, their goal, the Cubs were uh, their goal was to use that money to acquire other assets. They thought that they could use that money for something else, and they went into this offseason already saying that, or else they would have just re-signed Contreras. They could have done it. They could have done it last year. They could have done it during the season. They could have done it before he was a free agent, technically. And it was just the decision that they made that they wanted to use that money elsewhere. Everyone thought they were going to get a Bray or whatever, but um, maybe it's going to go to a shortstop. So I will we'll add one still. thing in there. I'll add one thing. One thing that that uh, I don't want to say it gives me hope, but the Cubs have divorced this relationship a long time ago. Like there's something there. I mean, from the outside looking in, Contreras is everything that every team would want. And the Cubs have had every opportunity to extend this guy, every opportunity to continue this relationship. You know, they, they wouldn't trade him for peanuts at the trade deadline, which I loved. There's something that the Cubs didn't see about this guy. You know, there's something about this guy. That, I don't know if it's a, maybe it's something we're not seeing in the clubhouse. There's something about this guy that the Cubs, like, like there are 1000% passing on this guy. So that's, you know, Jed Hoyer's smart. I, I don't know what it is. But I, I trust that, you know, I, I have to trust, obviously. There's something that I don't know about, something unseen. They have been out on Contreras as far as the long-term answer at catcher for a very long time. I would say as two or three years they've been out on Contreras as their long-term answer. So they know more about the guy than anybody. That's, I'll just throw that out there. 
Yeah, I think a big part of that is the defense, which is why they brought in Jan Gomes last year anyway. Is for that they love defense. Jan Gomes. Yeah, and Jan Gomes is a great defensive catcher. So I think it's just they saw that the way that they want to build the team is they wanted the guy behind the plate to be the defensive guy. They didn't care about – they didn't yep. care enough about the bat. They're like, we can get hitting elsewhere, right? Like you can get hitting yeah. from the other eight positions. But we want yeah. our guy that's behind the plate to be the uh, the play caller. You know what I mean? The master from the pitching staff. Yeah, exactly. Next move, Josh Bell to the Guardians. Two years, 33 mil. How about this deal? I think it's market value. I, I don't, it doesn't get me excited. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's good for him. It's better than him re-signing with the Padres myself. Very good for him. He was, he was not playing well for San Diego. He was horrible in the second half. Cleveland's lineup is interesting. It's deep. Like they, have a very, they don't have superstars besides Jose. But it's a deep lineup, and he's going to add to that depth. And uh, it's going to allow them to put Bell at first. Naylor, I guess, is going to be DH. Um, and the rest of that team is, like, they've got Jimenez, Jose, uh, Rosario, Oscar. Like, they, they've got a really deep lineup, and I think that it just helps extend that lineup in a position that they could have filled. You know, like, they needed to get – one bat somewhere, either an outfielder at first or even a catcher. And they got Bell. They didn't hit Contreras. Maybe they're still going to get uh, Christian Vasquez or trade for Danny Jansen or something like that. I mean, Murphy's still in the block. Hello. Uh, so they could still make another move there. Um, but I like this just for, like, lengthening the lineup. Short-term, two-year contract, right? Like, you can't go, you can't wrong, go wrong on a two-year contract. So, nope. And Josh Bell has high potential. They're signing him in, in the – he's 30, I think. So they're going to get a couple good years out of him. It's not like they're signing when he's 35. So uh, I think this is a pretty safe, nice deal for a Cleveland very a team that safe. doesn't That's traditionally spend very much. So I think, I think it's yep. a, solid, a solid Guardians deal, a very, a very defensive deal for the Guardians, if I must say. Agreed. I, I don't think it's a league pocket. winner, but it's very safe. <laughs> the, the wallet Guardians. All right, here you go, Gabe. The Cubbies signed Bellinger one year, seventeen million. What do you What do you think for for Bellinger? What's the plan? What do you see for for Belly this year? I mean, he's a twenty seven year old former MVP winner. You know, like that that looks awesome on paper. Uh, I don't know that they can fix his swing. You know, they, they. I hope that they saw something. You know, I, I, my hope is because every team, I feel like every team in the league would take this guy for 17 million for one year. I mean, that's a that's a that's a deal that every team in the league should be willing to make for a 27 year old former MVP candidate or I'm sorry, MVP winner. Uh, I'm hoping, Tim, that they convinced Cody Bellinger that they can fix his swing. I'm hoping that Bellinger chose the Cubs because of something that they presented to him more so than. You know, I just have a hard time believing the Cubs were the high man here. Maybe they were. It just seems like a really – it's a no-brainer deal. I mean, you get, a, you get a guy that young with that much talent for one year for $17 million, prove it. I don't know which team doesn't make that deal. So I'm hoping that he chose them because they – I'm hoping that they saw something in the mechanics they can fix. But, man, I don't – I think there's a 5% chance he returns to his former, you know, greatness. There's probably a, a 30% chance he returns to, you know, league average – which, which is awesome, by the way. A league average, you know, Cody Bellinger for $17 million, I'll take it. Um, 
I, I don't have a ton of hope here, but I, I think it's a lottery ticket. Yeah, I want to give you some. I want to give you some good news. I think I have more hope than you. I think there's more like a 55 percent chance he's gonna. I mean, I think he's gonna get better. His shoulder is only gonna get more healthy from the injury, so I think he's gonna get better. He's working. This is the funny thing is that I don't know if you caught this, but Cody Bellinger has been working out with Cardinals hitting coach Matt Holiday this offseason. Yeah, I saw that. And Jackson, after, I saw that. At, yeah, after Holiday fixed Matt Carpenter's swing last year. That's right. So I, I heard that. When I, when I saw Bellinger to the Cubs, I was like, do you think Holiday's just going to call him and be like, Yo, this is over because I can't help you now because you're on the rival. It's over, man. Like, or do you think he's gonna keep helping? Like, what's gonna happen? Like, Holiday fits Carpenter, but is he gonna just like quit on Bellinger now? Like, like he's on the rival. Like, I don't know. So, um, if Bellinger keeps working out with Holiday, I'm an, and we hear in the you know how spring training. I'm in the best shape of my life. We always hear all that. If we hear Oh, Bellinger worked the whole offseason with Matt Holiday, and his swing mechanics are corrected. Like, I think his value in drafts is going to be going way up. And I will be hopeful that more than a 50% chance that we'll see maybe not great Bellinger again, but at least a good Bellinger. Well, that's good. Uh, next that's optimistic. One. I like that. Yeah. You know, I, I, someone has to help the Cubs, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you need all the love we can get. Yeah. And next year we got Mitch Hanniger to the Giants, three years, forty-three million. What do you see there? Uh, man, I love it. I love Mitch Hanniger. I think he's one of the. I think he's an awesome hitter. He's a pure hitter. He's, you know, he can hit for power. He can hit, you know, he's he can hit in the middle of that Giants lineup. I love this deal. I don't think it's a huge risk. You know, I, I think he'll probably play half the games over the next three years. And that's kind of what we've seen with Hanniger. Uh, I bet you're surprised he didn't go back to Seattle, huh? I am. I really thought he was going back to Seattle. So I, I am really Especially surprised. Especially after the Winker trade. Yeah. I, I, I thought for sure he was going back. Um, I don't know. You know, maybe they, didn't, they weren't going to give him three years. Maybe they weren't because he was the leader of the team. So I really, from a Seattle standpoint, I don't like this for them because they just lost their team leader. Uh, from the Giants, this makes perfect sense because – Gabe Kapler is like workout dude, like platoon, like super baseball man. And Hanniger is exactly the same way. I feel like Hanniger yeah. and Kapler are like meat and potatoes. I feel like it's like the perfect relationship, really. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you what, if the Giants go get Carlos Correa or like Dance Me Swanson or something now <sighs> and add to this lineup, I'm going to like this even better. Because right now, I feel like Hanniger is Tom Hanks and Castaway. Just, yep. just like just like by himself in the middle of this lineup. So if they make if they go out and make some other moves, like my fictional Giants were doing a few weeks ago <laughs> over here podcasting, I will like this a lot more. But right now I like it for Hanniger, I like it for Kapler, but I just think that the Giants need to put more around him. Otherwise, Hanniger may not put up the numbers uh that he could if he had other pieces in front and behind him, which is kind of common sense, yeah. right? He's complimentary at this point. Yeah, exactly. Next on the list, we have Masataka Yoshida to the Red Sox, five years, 90 mil. What do you think of this? See, Saya Suzuki. <laughs> it's the same contract <laughs> they gave Suzuki. 90 million, yeah, basically. 10 million dollars posting fee or something like that, 10 or 15. 
It's almost identical to the Suzuki contract. It was obviously that was a comp. I, man, I'm out on these guys. You know, I don't. I, I'm a I'm a Kosku Fukudome. I bought him so hard back in 08, 09. Uh, man, I, it just doesn't happen that often. You know, the Ichiro Suzuki, the Yu Darvish. That's that's those are the, that's it. That's the end of the list for guys. I guess, I guess Godzilla. You know, he's pretty Otani. Cool. <laughs> Otani's uh, yeah, pretty good well, too. So, yeah, Otani came over so young. Otani's way different. This guy's not Otani. No, uh, not I, I, I see him. I see him hitting 240, hitting 15 home runs. I, I'm, I was nervous with the Suzuki signing for the Cubs a couple years ago. I'm just, and this guy's older than Suzuki, I believe. I think he's uh, 29. Yeah, okay, okay so he's a little, he's a couple years. Suzuki, I think, was 27 when the Cubs signed him. So, I, man, I don't. I, I don't know. It doesn't do anything for me. I'm, I'll tell you and, what. And maybe I'm wrong. No, you're not. I did a deep dive on Yoshida yesterday. Like, I spent, like, a good 45 minutes on this dude yesterday watching a video. And uh, what I did was I literally made spreadsheets where I took <laughs> Japanese I, – I, I took the, uh, a few famous Japanese players, what they posted their last three years in Japan – and then what they did their first three years in the U.S. And I did yeah. a conversion rate. And it gave me a correlation, right? It gave me a – yeah, it was a lot of work, right? <laughs> but it, it gave like me it. a cor- <laughs> it, Yeah, it, it gave me a correlation. And what I realized is that the way Japan correlates to the U.S. is like single-A ball. It's like a guy coming up from okay. – it's not even a guy coming up from double-A. It's like a guy coming up from like single-A. It's worse okay. than double-A coming to the so major. rake. Yeah, because I know a lot of people are like, oh, Japan's like AAA. But it's really, it's not because it's a completely different game. The pitchers there don't throw with nearly the same thing. I mean, some of them do, like this Roki dude. But um, most, a lot of the players there are not as good. So they're playing in pretty poor competition. And um, what I see Yoshida as, because I've heard a lot of people on podcasts saying, oh, he's a power hitter. He had a thousand OPS in Japan. This dude is <laughs> five foot eight. This dude is five foot eight and had a, a 220. ISO in Japan. So the way that that's going to translate to the U S is like a 160 ISO, which is like league average. Mm, mm, right. Mm, mm. So he's yeah. going to be like, you're on the right track. He's going to be 15 to 20 homers if lucky. And the thing is he has a, he has an 80 grade hit tool though. Like he is, he's going to hit for high average. He could hit 300 and he's a good, he has a pretty good eye. So he could hit 300 with like a 360 OBP, but he's not a power hitter. He's like 15 homers. So you're going to get a guy, and he's slow. So you're going to get a guy who gets on base, right? He's going to get hit a lot of hits, but he's only going to put up 15 homers, and he's not going to steal bases. Yeah. Where do you usually draft guys like that in a fantasy draft? Mm, ninth round in a redraft? <laughs> even later. Dude, dude even yeah. later. Even later. Yeah. Guys like that yeah. are going like, – like, think uh, – a comp for him might be like uh, Luis Araya, somewhere between Jesse Winker and Luis Arias. Where's yeah, that going to go? In, counting in, stats. In a, in, yeah, in a twelve-team league, where's that going to go? That might not even get drafted. Like this guy yeah. might might end up as waiver wire fodder. So yeah, I agree. Um, I wouldn't pick him in a twelve-team league. I'm not picking him. So I don't know. Go if you want to go ahead, burn a pick, burn a pick <laughs> in front of me, and let me get someone I like. I'm out on these Do guys. It. I'm pretty sure you're the one that drafted Suzuki last year. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did, and guess where he ended up? Mm-hmm. 
The waivers. <laughs> I cut him. I ended up cutting him. So, where he belongs. Uh, and he'll all right, let's get this again. You know, he'll hit 15 homers. I'm not drafting this guy this time. Uh, all right. Uh, we, we got some pitchers. Andrew Haney to the Rangers, two years, 25 mil. Quick thoughts. Love it. The Rangers Love it are too. All in. This guy, that, that's this a, a no Twelve and a half million for Haney. Haney was one of the best yeah. pitchers in baseball last year. For when he was healthy. Like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was healthy, like you take that all day. That's that's a steal. That's that no might Rangers. be the best. I think that's the best pitching signing of the offseason to date. It's so cheap. Uh, next one, Jose Quintana to the Mets, two years, twenty six mil. Mets are backfilling. I love that they're taking from the Cardinals. He's not going to recreate what he did with St. Louis last year. This guy's a scrub. He doesn't have the same defense. He's got a worse defense for pitching and a worse ballpark for pitching. So he's definitely not going to recreate what he did in St. Louis, but he can recreate what he was doing in Pittsburgh before he came to St. Louis, I think. I think he's still – I think he's going to be solid. Yeah, he's depth. He's 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 your number – if you're in a fantasy league, he's your number seven, number eight starter. You throw him out there just to not – just so you don't get – uh, screwed in the poo poo hole, right? Like you put him there just as like a safety, as like a safety like innings. Uh, <laughs> so um, hey, really quick, what do you think about what do you think about Steve Cohen spending ninety cents on the dollar in addition with his luxury tax? A ten million contract, <laughs> a ten million dollar contract now is a nineteen million dollar contract for Steve I think Cohen. It's what do you think about that? I think Steve Good, Cohen bad. is. I think he's a troll for the whole MLB. He's like an owner who's a troll. It's like Elon buying. He's like Elon he buying Twitter. Basically, Elon buying Twitter is Steve Cohen buying the Mets and owning, owning the Mets. The Mets. <laughs> yeah, he just he does what he wants. He fires everybody. He doesn't care. Like he he spends his money the way he wants. He moves the company wherever he wants. So yeah. good for him. Uh, he, here, your boy Jamison Tyone to the Cubs, four years, sixty-eight mil. What are your thoughts on that, Cubby boy? Man, it's a lot, but it's but it's market value, you know. I, I I don't know. I'm not super high on him, but I I like what they did. You know, we need we need several starters. Uh, I don't. I he projects as a three or four guy for me. Yeah, I think he's and good. He's a number be. three. But he's a number three. He's still. a number three. Yeah, he's a he's a number three real world starter. Fantasy maybe like in a twelve team yeah. league, he might be like a five. Or something, right? Like you, you want yeah. Tyone as like your five or six. You don't want him as like your three. Okay. In real world, he's a number three starter. Which at that price, what is it, seventeen million a year or something? That's good money for, <laughs> it's market for a number value, three starter. Dude. Yeah, solid. Market value. I think he's a solid signing. So as long as he's healthy, uh, you know, it's a, it's a way better deal than the next one we're going to talk about. Taiwan Walker Oof. to the Phillies, four years, seventy-two million. Tyone is so much better than Taiwan Walker. Like, yeah, J- Jamison Tyone is is. I have him tiers above Taiwan Walker. So this signing by the Phillies just reeks of desperation of just having – we just need someone to throw innings, I think. Yeah, well, he's not really that thoughts? guy. He's never had 200 innings. He's never had 200 innings. He's hit 150 a couple times the last couple of years, which is a good sign, I guess. Uh, but he's a he's a depth guy again. You know, he's not uh, – he's, he's, he's the third or fourth starter for that rotation, and uh, it's expensive. And we'll see how it works out for him. Yeah. I don't, I think that I don't is... necessarily – Hate it though, either. I I think because they signed him before Tyone signed, they signed him before Quintana signed, and I would much rather I would take those deals way above what they paid him. So I don't know. Maybe maybe the Phillies see something that I don't. But uh, that's my read on that situation. <laughs> Ken, Kenley Jansen to the Bo Sox, two years, thirty-two mil. Thoughts? 
Ah, man, I don't. That's 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 extremely expensive for a guy that you know smacks of a washed up receiver or uh, receiver. I'm sorry, uh, re- reliever. Uh, man, maybe I'm spoiled because the Cubs turn out so many relievers. The Cubs are like awesome. They've done they've done such a good job at reclamation arms. Uh, I don't I don't love I don't love Jansen. And maybe I'm wrong there, but that's that's I feel like they're paying for his prior success as a closer. And I think they could probably have done better with, you know, a reclamation project or, you know, a setup guy. What do you think? You think he's the man in Boston? You think he's going to stand in that? You think he's going to be a closer for Boston next year? Uh, I think, yeah, he will be. And I think in retrospect, it's a good deal because the reliever market was just like, yeah, the reliever market was crazy. Even the trades that have been happening, which we'll get into very briefly, for the relievers, were, people were trading top prospects for relief pitchers, like teams. We'll get into them in a second, but top prospects were going for relief pitchers. So yeah. uh, in that regard, 16 mil for Kenley Jansen on a two-year contract. It's like, why not throw the dart? The Red Sox need the bullpen depth so that Whitlock can pitch in the rotation this year, right? Because Whitlock is you really think good. So? You think so? You think this is the year, huh? You're not going to swing him I, this I year? Did. You're not going to be the fireman? No, he's going to be in the rotation this year. And Tanner Hawk is going to be the long man. He's going to be their swing man. Okay. Uh, that's kind of okay. that's the plan, apparently. Um, so I think it's just something they had to do. They brought in Chris Martin, too. So it's moves that they had to make to backfill the, the, the bullpen so that they're not stuck with uh, – what's his face back there? I can't remember his name, but he, the, the guy who walks everybody. Uh, uh, yeah, high strikeout guy. High strikeout. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. High, high strikeout, high walk. Um, Tommy Canley to the Yanks. Going back to the Yanks, that's probably going to be good for Canley. Any, anything on Canley or pass? <laughs> you know what, Tim? I'll be honest. I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> he was only he was a reliever. He, okay, so he Canley was a reliever for the now. Yankees like four years ago. He was awesome, and then he got Tommy. He, he got in like Tommy three John. Seasons. Yeah, he got Tommy John, and then the Dodgers signed him and paid him last year to just recover. Basically, I don't know why. And uh, that was <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually like it. I think uh, if he can rebound now that it's his second year after Tommy John, that's usually the golden year. So I think it's a solid move. Carlos Estevez, Charlie Sheen to the Angels. Uh, I guess it makes sense. Uh, Angels in the outfield, Charlie Sheen. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Strom to the Phillies. Strom's all right. Uh, I think he's a perfect fit for the Phillies, really, because he's kind of a weirdo. Um, this one, Aledonis Diaz to the A's. He's going to be their starting second baseman. So I think in super ah. deep, deep leagues, that's actually something of note. Because uh, he was pretty yeah. solid last year when he played. and He's been solid the last two years for the Astros as a backup guy. And if he's going to be a regular starter on a team like the A's, it's that's just like if you're in a super, super deep league, like you're joining that 20-team league uh, that we have – uh, that I'm part of the international one, and yeah, that's yeah. like someone that'll play in a league like that, you know, uh, just because you, you just yeah. need abs that don't suck. Remember when the Cardinals <laughs> like the Cardinal the Cardinals like caught lightning in a bottle with him? Remember that a couple years ago? Yeah, he was great that first year for the Cardinals, and then I can't remember what happened. What happened? Then he just started striking. He, he just started <laughs> he going. Sucked. Well, he yeah no he was good for one year and then he was on the Cardinals for like half a year and they traded him basically he was there and then he was just was striking out too much and then they traded him uh, they just moved on to Paul DeYoung for the Cardinals that. they were wrong there they were, they were right there 
Yeah, I suppose. I don't, well, I don't think they got anything for him, so maybe not. Um, Brooks <laughs> Rayleigh was traded to uh, – who got Rayleigh? And I can't even remember who traded for him. Remember who traded for, for uh, Brooks Rayleigh? Yeah, it was the Mets. The Mets got him for the, from the – Yeah, Rangers, the Mets right? got Rayleigh. I, like, I, I texted my buddy Jeremy, who's a Mets fan, and I, li- I was like, I like that move. Rayleigh was solved last year. I think I had him. I love and, him. And, yeah, I had him as like a holds guy. Like perfect, perfect holds guy, right? Um, I don't know who they got. Ask you. I, I don't know. I've never heard. Of, you know, this is a, the first I've heard of him. Was this trade? Uh, this, this is the first I heard of him too. And I looked him up, and he's just high strikeout, high walks guy. Uh, but the Rays seem to be pretty good at turning those guys into something effective. So probably they just turn him into a reliever, and it's another Rays reliever who's good all of a sudden, right? <laughs> he's twenty two at high A. You know, like yeah, he's tearing it up in at high A. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, if you look at his fan grass, he's got reliever written all, all over him, I think. Um, yeah. And then we had another trade here. Joe Jimenez traded uh, to the Braves for Justin Henry Malloy, who is who who is a one. Of, I think he was their sixth-rated prospect, third baseman, and I think he's going to start eventually for the Tigers this year. Is that right? Probably You're going to start Jimenez, huh? No, no, not Jimenez. Uh, Malloy okay. is going to be a starting third okay. baseman for the Tigers. Jimenez is going to be like – he's, he's his fantasy value is going to be a holds guy now because he's not going to close. Yeah. They've got Rysel Iglesias. So he's going to be a holds guy. Uh, Justin Henry Malloy, though, is going to be a starting third baseman for the Tigers probably by the trade deadline next year. Do you like him? Say. He doesn't – he, he hasn't done a whole lot, has he? Down Was he a double A right now? He just got up to triple A. He just got up to triple A. Apparently he looked great in Arizona Fall League. Uh, if you look at his plate, you know me. I love guys with killer plate discipline. Just like how I kept yeah, trying to trade you for Gunner. OBP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just like how I kept trying to trade you for Gunner uh, in our Dynasty League, right? Uh, I love guys like that who just get on base. Because when rookies or prospects show that skill that they can read pitches and not strike out and get on base, I feel like that just precludes uh, their – it preludes their other skills – into development you know what i mean like that's something that you have to like have that innate ability to do and that allows you to grow your other skills i think so uh i really like that in young players so i do like him um sean murphy do you think he's gonna get traded man so i've got i'm biased here okay because with with the with the there's three things the cubs are looking for and that's sean murphy that's one of the blue jays catchers and that's one of the Arizona Diamondbacks outfielders. Uh, I, I mean, that asking price is insane for Sean Murphy. I think. Um, I you know I don't I, I I don't want I don't want the Cubs to be in at that price necessarily. Uh, I I just think they can they can do better with trying to, you know, get offensive production somewhere else. I you know Sean Murphy's well, he's he's a great defender. I don't value that so much with the with the electronic balls and strikes coming. I mean, that changes everything. Pitch framing is out the window now, you know, and I think that is coming. Maybe it's obviously not going to be this year. Maybe it won't be next year. I think it will be next year. But by, you know, 25, 24, we're looking at electronic balls and strikes. And then a guy like Sean Murphy, his value takes a huge hit. What do you think? I mean, that's going to change the game, isn't it? I think the A's are asking too much for Sean Murphy. I think they're just asking for too much. Unless they're going to lower their price. Because I do not see the Cubs – Trading like Pete Crow Armstrong for Sean, like Pete, yeah, screw they'd that. have to trade. 
They'd have to trade like P. Crow, like based on what they asked for for the Cardinals, they'd have to trade like P. Crow, Canario, and something else good, right? Like a pitcher, a like who, like who do you got? Killian or something? Like Killian or, or I, I don't yeah, know your Caleb pitching Killian. prospects. Yeah, but they'd have to trade something like that for Murphy, and I feel like that's just too much. I a feel lot, like that. To me, to me, Danny Jansen seems like a cup. I feel like he just has that. He, he just seems like a cup to me. Just like how Dansby Swanson to me seems like a cup. I think you're destined for those two guys, dude. I think Jansen and Swanson. Swanson. Yeah. Those are really those are huge impact bats, which is exactly. Well, well, just like I texted you the other day, Dansby Swanson's wife plays professional soccer for the Chicago yeah. soccer team. So yeah. it makes perfect sense so. that he would sign for the Cubs. Like that's the perfect yeah. fit for him. Um, I don't know. And he just seems like a cub. Like he, he, he seems like a North side boy. He looks like a North side Chicago boy. I'm fine with that, (laughs) but they better go out and get Alec Thomas or something. They better go out and get, you know, some, they have to get somebody else with some potential to hit, you know, Swanson. I don't, I don't know how, I I don't necessarily buy his breakout last year. I love his defense. But you know the Cubs are going to need a uh, they're going to they they need an impact bat, especially after losing Contreras. I mean they need an impact bat, and that guy isn't Danzy Swanson. Danzy Swanson, I don't define him as an you know impact bat. So no, but you've got guys coming up that can that can be defined that way. And this is a question I have for you: Is do you really want Alec Thomas when most of your minor league guys that are about to come up are, seem to all be outfielders? Uh, like, I don't really he's know. A center fielder, right? Would... Can, yeah, he's a, can, he's a center can, fielder, but so is Pete Crow. So, yeah, he's there already, though. Pete Crow is still a couple yeah, years he, out. Yeah, he, he's there. Well, I think Pete Crow's probably 2024. 20, um, but, yeah, he's there already. But what are you going to trade for him? Mervis? The Diamondbacks no. are trying to trade for outfielders because they don't want more outfielders, and all the Cubs' best prospects are outfielders. Yeah, so but I don't really the know what they're going to so trade. Deep. They're so deep at pitching. They're so deep in their, you know, and the Cubs, the Cubs farm system doesn't get near enough credit. You know, their, their number 15 ranked prospect would be number seven anywhere else. They're, they're one of the deepest farm systems. And I, I think that they could sell that to a team like the, the Diamondbacks. Give me Jake McCarthy. Just, you know, what what are you going to trade for him though? Steel? You might have to trade like Justin no, Steele for him. Do you no, want to do that? No, no, nonsense. I don't think they will. I don't think they'll have to give up major league ready pitching necessarily uh, or talent in general to the Diamondbacks. The Cubs have so, uh, you know, Canario right there, man. He's, he just had a, he had a catastrophic hip injury. I believe it's a hip injury. Freak accident down in the Dominican league this year. I I love Canario. I love him. We don't need him. Yeah. And he's hurt. That's that's my point. You're going to have Canario, Brennan Davis, and Picro, hey, all outfielders. Maybe you trade Brandon and you've got Tim, and you've got Seiya Suzuki there. Yeah, but the, the, and the Diamondbacks don't extend need an him. Yeah, yeah. And, but the but the Diamondbacks don't need an outfielder. That's the thing. They need okay, let's else. talk pitching then. You know, I mean, the Cubs. Pitching Mervis. No pitching, dude. Pitching. The Cubs' pitching prospects are extremely deep, and they're and they're really good. I be, I'm a huge believer in their. Uh, in their pitching infrastructure, you know they've done it. The Cubs have been the best team at the, at reclamation relief pitchers, and you know finding those guys that can 
that, that we're good or that have the tools that can't put it together. They're, I, I think the Cubs pitching infrastructure is something that we're going to be talking about in a couple of years. I know no one's talking about it right now because they can't develop. I don't think I have any Cubs. I don't think I have any any Cubs. Cade Horton, top one hundred. Cade Horton, dude. Yeah, yeah. Of course not. The Cubs pitchers at the major league level are horrible. Cade Horton, Jordan Wicks. uh, I mean, they are. Ben Brown is awesome. Have you? What about Hayden Winsensky? I hope they don't trade Winsensky because he. He's good. Because he, yeah, he's, he's good. really good, Tim. He's really good. Caleb yeah. Killian, DJ Hers. You know, these are just a couple of guys <clears throat> at the top of their, you know, at the top of their, but, you know, Najir Mule, Mule. You know, there's there's guys that nobody's heard of in the Cubs farm system. I think they're going to be talking about in a couple of years. And, you know, I could be wrong. You know, a prospect's a prospect. That's cheap. Words are cheap. I think, I think yeah. the Cubs are on to something with their, with their pitching infrastructure. I just think that you would have to definitely trade someone like Wes Newski or Ben Brown or Hort. Give or up Horton Ben Brown for for Alec Thomas. I, I don't even think that's enough. Alec Thomas was a top twenty prospect, and he was he should he was like a Gold Glove outfielder this year too. Uh, he didn't win because they sent him to AAA. Yeah, where is he going to play in Arizona? Like, where is he going to play? He's yeah, a, but that's he's my point. Is that, yeah, but that's my point. If Arizona is going to trade Alec Thomas, they're going to probably want Mervis back. I would. Yeah, I don't think the Cubs <laughs> are going to give up Mervis. What do you think? Why isn't Mervis getting any prospect love? He is. <laughs> he uh, is, bro. He is. He's not getting as Mervis, much as you'd think. I guarantee he's Merv- not a top 100 guy at the end of the year when they re-rank. You know, Mer- I think Mervis is being drafted in, like, the top 250 players right now in redraft leagues. Yeah, well, he ought to be. He's a complete That's stud. how much he's love he's getting. He's in the AFL. He's never <laughs> even, he's never even, yeah, but he's never even played a single at-bat. That's, that's really good for a rookie to get drafted that high. He's never uh, been a top 100 guy. You know, he's 24 years old. He's never been a top 100 guy. He went undrafted in the 2020 season, which, of course, is only five rounds. So it doesn't really mean a whole lot. But I he's, love he's in my Nash, dude. Dave, I'm all in, in on Matt Murray. What'd you say? He's in my top 100. I said he's in my top 100. <laughs> you better – if you got an opportunity to draft Bash, you better believe that I'm looking at him in fantasy leagues this year. So that's as much of a tip as I'll give you this year. I'm going to draft him in the Dynasty League just so you have to trade me for him. You better take him in the second or the third round or I'm going to have it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into – I made this trade uh, in my Atanu League, and I posted it on Twitter. And Raymond and you both were to guess, but Raymond, poor Raymond, still bad internet issues. <laughs> uh, hopefully he's getting it fixed for next, for next time for Saturday's pod. But I traded – uh, I'm not going to tell you what team I am, but Team A received a $4 Vinny Pascantino, and Team B received a $6 Nolan Gorman, $4 Noel V. Marte, and $3 Oscar Gonzalez. Who won this deal, and what team am I? Well, you – wh- who won the deal is yet to be decided, but you're on Cousin Vinny's team. I have you selling Nolan Gorman anywhere you can. <laughs> I think you're, I, I'm going to say you're completely out on Gorman. And why is that, Tim? Well, you tell us. Why are you out on Gorman? All right. I'll tell you now that I dished him and I don't need him anymore because I think this was the last league I sold him. I can talk as much crap as I want. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, so first off, Vinny P, I have this like my number seventh ranked first baseman for this year, I think. I'm, I'm pretty wow. sure he's six or seven. I got him at like six wow. or seven. Uh, yeah, the metrics are just all there. This dude just has every all the tools, and he's gonna put them all together. His uh, whip so is I'm all loving, over the place, huh? 
Yeah, I, I'm loving Vinny P. I'm <laughs> loving some Vinny P. Uh, so first off, I, I love some Vinny P. Uh, second, Nolan Gorman has a terrible contact rate. He's got mad yeah. power. This dude has 30, 35 homer power for sure. But he, he strikes it. out a lot. He strikes out a lot, and he has a bad contact rate. Basically, he reminds me of a slower Tyler O'Neill from the left side who sucks at defense. <laughs> <laughs> or are we talking 2020 Tyler O'Neill? Are we talking uh, 2022 Tyler O'Neill? <laughs> we're, talk- we're talking rookie Tyler O'Neill. <laughs> Do you remember okay, how was bad that? Was Tyler O'Neill was? Okay, that's no, no, 20, he was, be- he was better. Gorman was actually better as a rookie than O'Neill was. Uh, but that, that's, that's right? what I see. Yeah, that's that's what I see in Gorman. Yeah, twenty one was was O'Neill's good year, uh, but that's what I see in Gorman is like two two thirty two forty hitter who can hit thirty bombs and no steals and has bat and is bad at defense. So his bat discipline is off the chart, isn't it? His, Vinny? No, he. Oh, Vinny. Yeah, Vinny's off the charts everywhere. Hard hit metrics, plate discipline, contact rate. Like Vinny is, he's got the the full set of tools for a first baseman. I mean, obviously he's not fast because he's a first baseman, right? I've heard but, uh, to Jordan Alvarez. What do you think about that? No, <laughs> your Don is in a different. Your Don is on a different planet. Uh, if I was gonna, is, I was if I was gonna comp Vinny, I would t- I would say he's Paul Goldschmidt without the speed. Okay. Paul Goldschmidt without the that's steals. Not, that, that's Vinny. That's not too far away from Jordan. No, your Don is just a better pure hitter, I think, because um, you're he's he's like a generational player, I think. Generational, uh, for sure. Generational hitter, not, he, he's yeah. big poppy. You know what I mean? He's like, he's like he's like he's like he's the new <laughs> yeah he's, he's the new big poppy, the new Frank Thomas, the new uh, Edgar Jim Martinez, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, a part of this trade, Noel V. You know, I love Noel V. Uh, so yeah. that hurt to have to go up Noel V a little bit, especially at $4 and especially Oscar Noel V is finally going to debut this year. Oscar is good, but I really worry. About He's okay. His... He's been up for no. long enough. He should be hitting now. Oscar Gonzalez is basically Tim Anderson with less speed and more wow. power. That's a lot. That's, That's a huge praise. That's the biggest praise I've heard on him. Just look him up. Insanely high Babbitt. Insanely high average, insanely high reach rate because he his o swing is insane. Yet. He just he swings at everything. He just swings at everything. Uh, he has a, he he has a very high heart. Yeah, kind of. He kind of is like, but with less speed. But he has he well, hits without the, ball the power hard. and the speed. <laughs> yeah, he, he, no, he's got he's got power. If you look at his minors numbers, he has power. It, it, it just took a while to translate. You really saw it the last like month and a half, two months in the year. So he's got power. He just doesn't have, and he's not slow either. He just just doesn't have like burner speed. Like he's not he's not a slow guy. It's just that he's not gonna he's not gonna be adding to your steals column. Yeah, um, but that that power has yet to translate to the major leagues. He hit thirty no, home no, runs it, in the it's, minors. It's, it's but you it's gotta started. have contact also. It started though, and you saw it in the playoffs. He had that big home run in the playoffs that broke up that whatever twelve whatever that inning twelve inning five fifteen inning whatever that game was that just wouldn't end. The zero to zero game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 18 innings. Yeah, 18, uh, 50 innings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So, so we'll be back on Saturday. We're going to get into outfield rankings. Uh, what we do with the third base rankings, we'll probably do it 
like three podcasts for the outfield rankings. So I think that probably we'll talk about the first two or three tiers of outfielders in depth. A next little bit week. of Arson Judge. On, yeah, a little bit of Arson Judge, number one outfielder. Uh, a little little prelude to next next pod. Uh, but we'll get into the two top two or three tiers. We'll see how far we get. Then the next podcast we'll get into like mid tier outfielders, which will be like your number two, number two, number three type outfielders. And then the last plot will just be super deep outfielders. Uh, so that is the plan for the next couple weeks going forward. We will see you soon. You can find me again on Twitter at Fantasy Aceball. And that'll close us out. We've we gone over an hour. Uh, Gabe, close us out. Say, say, give some words of wisdom. Well, Tim. I really put the spot you on you. Come, there, you I? should come at me for some, Vin, some Cousin Vinny trade offers. All right. You know who holds Cousin Vinny in the Dynasty Darlings League? It's me, baby. At myspace.com. <laughs> Look, we'll make offers next pod, but you're not getting we're, – we're going to start here. You're not going to get Julio. <laughs> Give me Julio for Vinny. <laughs> right on. We're, we're here. We're back. Right when we hung up on the last podcast, Brandon Nimmo signs with the Mets. Eight years, $162 million. What was that in Steve Cohen tax again? $146 million. Steve Cohen is going to have to pay in taxes. Dude. <laughs> what do you think, Gabe? Dude, it's, that's, that's $130 million in luxury tax on top of the $146 million. This is almost no, a $300 no, 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 million no, no, dollar no. deal. No, the deal is $162 million. The luxury tax is another $145.8 yeah. million. $140 million in luxury tax, dude. This deal is absolute trash. You're, you talk about Steve Cohen being a troll. He is totally trolling the league here. This is this a is my question. contract. This is my question. Do you know the, the answer to this game? Who gets the luxury tax? Where does that go? I don't know. Where does it go? You tell me. Do the other owners get it? Like, I'm just thinking, what if the other owners get, like, a cut of the luxury tax? You know who you got, like, the, the Cardinals. The, the Cardinals you got the Padres owner. You got the Padres owner like, hey, thanks for paying for Xander Bogarts. Like, 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 who gets the luxury tax money? I really don't know. Like, I need to research that. Does anybody know? If somebody knows, comment on Twitter. Hit, hit us it's, up on Twitter and let us know who gets the luxury tax money because I'm very curious. But, yeah, Nemo, go back to the Mets. I'm yeah. going to go on the limb and say it's not the inner city families. <laughs> no, it's more rich people. It's billionaires. Mm-hmm. Billionaires paying billionaires. Uh-huh. <laughs> They'd rather pay, billionaires would rather pay billionaires than millionaires. And they would what much rather pay millionaires thinking, than non-millionaires. <laughs> what is this guy thinking? He's got Dave Robertson for $19 million. Yeah, one year, $10 million, which because he has a 90% luxury tax, is another $9 million in taxes on David Robertson, which – I don't think Gabe. Is there a single Cubs reliever that even makes nine million a year? No, no, no. And, <laughs> so, and I guarantee so, they'll all be better than Dave Robertson. Wasn't Robertson on the Cubs last year for like a minute? He was. Yeah, we got uh, we got Brown for him. Ben Brown. No, no, no. We got Wesneski for him. Oh, that's killer. <laughs> yeah, Wesneski. Yeah, killer, dude. So, that's not so true. he's paying nine million in taxes, which is more than any Cubs reliever gets at all. Or maybe, do you think the whole bullpen makes $9 million of the Cubs bullpen? Like, they're probably all in, like, $500,000 contracts, right? Yeah, and they're all going to be studs. 
that's the one area I don't <laughs> worry about the Cubs. Their relievers are going to be studs. Man, that's hilarious. And I just remember, I think Jeff Passan the other day was saying something like, Cohen is now at the 90% tax, where 90%, every, every dollar he spends is taxed at 90%, and he's not yeah. done. Dot, dot, dot. And then, like, now, look, yeah. he, just spent another, he just spent another almost $200 million. <laughs> yeah, well, Jeff's the one who broke this, I think. Yeah, he or did. Maybe Joel Sherman a, did. I don't know. No, no, it was Jeff. It was Passan. That's just. Yeah. I think Sherman broke Nimmo, and then Passan broke uh, Robertson. But um, it's just unreal. <laughs> it's hilarious, dude. Like, would you like, would next? you pay two hundred fifty million dollars? Would you pay two hundred fifty million dollars for the Cardinals to sign Nimmo? No. <laughs> the guy has Definitely played over a hundred games twice in his career, Tim. Twice in his career, he's played over over a hundred games, and the and one of the times was 2018. He played 140 games in 2018. He played 150 in 2022. Outside of that, he's never broken 100 games. This guy, this guy is as high risk as they come, and he just got a quarter mil from Steve Cohen. I think Cohen just hates losing so much that he could not bear the fact that somebody else might sign Nemo. But then again, Nimmo is also the best outfielder on the market, the right? Yeah. <laughs> Nimmo is, Nimmo is easily the best outfielder left on the market. Yeah, but Alec Thomas is on the market, dude. Jake McCarthy. You know who's on the market? Shohei Otani. You know, like, <laughs> I guarantee the Padres would have sent Tatis for $250 million to the Mets. Like, this is madness, man. Okay, so based on this, what is your prediction? Let's end the podcast with this. What is your prediction for Shohei Otani's contract next year? I just want to hear a prediction from you. Years, numbers, if you want to give a team, give a team. Oh, no, don't tell me I'm losing you. What's your prediction on Otani here? Oh, can you not hear me? No, I can't. He's going to the Cubs. He's going to the Cubs. Okay, can you hear me? Okay. Otani's going to the Cubs for $500 million over somewhere between 10 and 13 years. You know what? I think Otani is going to get – Don't resign him. I think Otani is going to get over $600 million. Wow. (laughs) I think he – I think he's going to get a – I think someone is going to give him a 13- or 14-year deal. Like, he's going to get at least, like, 12-year offers, at least. But I think he's going to get a 13- or 14-year deal yeah. at an average annual value of more than $40 million. It'll be, like, $45 million, which will put him in the $600 million range. I think he's going to get that. Because I'm think telling about you, Tim, it. he's worth it. He well, think about is it. He's, worth it. He, as a pitcher, he's worth $30 million a year. As a hitter, he's worth thirty million a year. Mm-hmm. So there's sixty. He's worth sixty million a year, right? Like, could he get a sixty? Imagine someone giving him a sixty million a year for twelve years. That's seven hundred million dollars. What? Yeah. <laughs> he can own his own team. He's so, gonna buy a team after that contract. He's gonna own the. <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna own the the inaugural uh, Japanese MLB team once we get our supersonic jets that get to Japan in two hours. <laughs> on the front end, I love everything about it. But the rational, you know, the rational side of me says Carl Pavano. Like, 
Otani's not gonna, oh. you know, no, no, no one man is worth six hundred million dollars. Do you give it to Otani? Yes, like absolutely, you give it to Otani. And I know Aaron Judge won the MVP, and I don't argue with it because the Yankees were the Yankees, and they, you know, they were a playoff juggernaut, and the Angels are an absolute lapping stock. But if you put Otani on any playoff team, the guy's an absolute freak. He's worth every dollar you give him with the knowledge that we have now. Granted, he's not going to age well. I can't imagine. You know, this guy's not going to be doing this in five or ten years. But you give him the money. Hey, LeBron is. Otani's the best baseball player we've probably ever seen. Otani's the so, best athlete we've ever seen. Yeah. We're, we're not, we're not going to – I'm not going to – Nothing. I'm not going to doubt his abilities. Ichiro was still good when he was in his late 30s. So, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, I think mean, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt. So, Worst case scenario, Otani goes full of – Ortiz, you know, from like age 33 on. Just David freaking Ortiz. Yeah. That's his score. Yeah, which in 10 years, like we were just talking about the inflation rate, in 10 years, that might be his, his price might not even be that bad if he makes 15 million <laughs> a year. So I, I, I trade whatever prospect, whatever prospect capital is required. However many prospects, however many dollars, you go all in on Shohei Otani. He's the single best <laughs> baseball player we've ever seen, and we'll never see anyone again like him. It's been a hundred years, Tim. Babe Ruth, don't come at me with those Babe Ruth comparisons. Babe Ruth is a scrub compared to Otani. Like he never Babe Ruth was fat. Pitched. Babe Ruth was fat, dude. <laughs> he drank too many beers. What did he strike out a hundred guys one time, maybe? But when he but but when but you know Babe Ruth they call they talk about Babe Ruth being a pitcher and a hitter. No, dude, he was a pitcher and then he was a hitter, and he was throwing like yeah. seventy mile an hour meatballs when he was a pitcher. I mean, it's a different league, dude. You don't have Roberto <laughs> Clemente, you don't have Jackie Robinson. You've got guys like me and me stand, you know, me and you standing in against freaking Babe Ruth. Of course, he's gonna strike out you know eighty guys, or whatever. I'm not even sure he struck out a hundred guys in any single season. I don't even know if he would strike me out. I don't even know if he would strike me out. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't have protein powders back then, man. (laughs) All right, let's end there because uh, it's getting late. I think my wife is going to kill me if I don't come in soon. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. All All right. right. We're in there. Trade me all your good guys for Vinny. See you, buddy.